When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm not using the cold open to be passive-aggressive against my wife, Denise, and this is Unfeatured Articles. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Unfeatured Articles. My name is Curtis Lang, and I'm here with my good friends and even better hosts, Mr. James Keogh. Hello. And Riley Matamara. Hello. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, this is the uh, podcast where every week we, uh, we go into Wikipedia, we find a couple of articles, we have some banter about them, um, but uh, yeah, we, we, uh, we, we have a good time. We have a good time. We, I you enjoy, know, we just enjoy being with each other, I think. I think so. It's I just, think, you know, this is all, we, could, we can put this all away. We can put our computers down and just like just chat, chat to each other. I wouldn't mind it. Yeah. You know, mm. but we do have our laptops. We do. Yeah. <laughs> we're looking at Wikipedia we are articles. Looking at Wikipedia articles. And some of the articles we're looking at, would you say, might be not, again. not in the not featured <laughs> article <laughs> section, but I think they might be in the unfeatured <laughs> article section. Yeah. What do you Thank think, you. Riley? What do you think? Yeah. Love it, boys. Yeah. Keep it up. Yeah. Keep it up. Let's every keep episode. That every episode. Uh, forget that people who listen won't be able to see my face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just the contempt. Just the absolute. Just. Oh, How boy. are you, boys? What's been oh, going good, on? Good. Good. Um, not much. I had a lovely sleep in today, oh, which nice. was lovely. I slept in till like noon, which oh. I, for you, that's that's like waking I up I actually early. do not. I got up at seven today. Oh, did oh, you? Yeah. I'm like so, apropos of nothing. I'm, I'm pr- so proud. Thank you. Because I mean, okay, what's, well, the, what's the latest you've ever slept in? Um, you, do, do you feel comfortable? Okay. Was it sleeping in, was sleeping it in sleep? the next day? Sleeping in indicates that you have gone to sleep at a reasonable time, right? But have stayed asleep, sure, and sure. You, and you've you've stayed in bed for a while. Uh, the latest I've ever slept uh-huh. is about five p.m., six p.m. in the in the evening. But that right. is because I've gone to bed at about six a.m., seven a.m. Oh, in the I morning. see, I see, right? <laughs> yeah, fair. Yeah. So like, you get a good amount of sleep. I get a the very amount good of sleep. Is fine. It's just I live in the nighttime, yeah, the daytime sometimes. Move self-imposed night shift. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep, yeah, yeah. Oh boy, Man. but uh, yeah, no, I got to experience the sleep in life, and uh, awesome, it was good, and yeah. I feel refreshed, and I feel ready to record a good podcast. Love it. I do say I I woke up at seven. I got up at like nine thirty. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. usually how it happens. Yeah, yeah. Um. Well, should we get stuck into it, boys? Let's, Let's do just get that. Break right down in. some of these unfeatured articles. Let's. Yeah. Alrighty. <laughs> Riley, what you got? What do you? What do you? What do you no, Riley, do your article. Fine. You're unfeatured article. Hey. I quit. <laughs> Good. All right. Aww. So this one's going to be a little bit short and sharp. Love it. Um, so I am talking about a man today. A man. A man. Ooh. Duh. The man. Oh, no. <gasps> one of the men. Okay. Which one? His name. Yes. Is Guy Man Dude. Duh. <laughs> what a name. His name is Guy Man Dude. <laughs> He is an American-born musician who was best known in the late 1980s to early 1990s after his self-named band, uh, The Guy Man Dudes, uh, I assume, was formed in Los Angeles, California. Uh, They formed in 1988. And he was also the guitar player for another man with a band called Michelangelo. 
the Michelangelo band. Ooh. Oh my God. He was a guitar player in that as well. So he was born as Guy Schiffman, S H I F M A N, before getting into heavy metal. Um, so before he got into metal, he was a professional drummer, like studio drummer, mm. touring drummer. Nice. Um, so like he's always been around music. Yep. Um, he toured with the lead singer of Yes um, for. Uh, so yes, the lead singer was called John Anderson. He toured with him for the animation tour. Mm. Um, yeah, so he was doing studio work for for ten years, better part of a decade, um, and which eventually led to his own bands. And he turned to the guitar and reinvented himself as Guy Man Dude <laughs> My uh, to land a record deal with MCA. And they don't have a link coming up, so I don't know who they are. Sad. My yeah. chemical amants. Is, yep, that's them, that yeah. That's that's the one. That's it's gotta the one. be. I don't know any other words that start with M C or A. Uh so he subbed in for um in his own band, he subbed in for Sorry guys, called- hang on, I've got a joke. Sorry, no, can we just go back to the MCA. Yeah, yeah, MCA. Oh, they're, they're just missing a Y. Oh good, yeah. Why MCA? <laughs> Jesus. Worth it? I'm glad- MCA Y. Well, going, baby. Oh, glad, we, glad we circled back to that <laughs> yeah, one. <man. laughs> Didn't want to miss that. Yeah, didn't want to miss out on that one. <laughs> I thought you guys would appreciate it. It was good. So, I liked it. Like um, stopped everything. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So uh so <laughs> guy man dude, guitarist, drummer, musician. Uh he's All around he's dude just, of legend. Yeah. Um he he is a pretty, you know, he's pretty into his music. He even produced bands as well. Uh-huh. Um so he produced a lot of bands in the Czech Republic. So he's an American born musician, but does a lot of work in the Czech Republic, apparently. Yeah. Mm. Uh, maybe the guy man dudes are big over there. Um, one of his albums with the Guy Man Dudes, uh, his 1989 album was called Sleight of Hand, uh, featuring such tracks as uh, Riff, Rock, and Rebel. Cool. On the Verge with yep. vocals done by Alice Cooper. Oh, shit. No um, way. So, yeah, he's yeah. up there. Uh, also on it was uh, Shredding It Down and Clusterfuck with a PH. Ooh. Uh, also, The Legend of Loch Ness was good. That's so oh. 90s. <laughs> that is so 90s. And, uh, yeah, then- right. Then uh, with the follow-up album in 1991, Manic Distortion. Oof. Uh, <laughs> yes. Oof. Good. Um, Manic isn't even spelt. No, because Correct. that's what his name is Man, oh, M-A-N-N. I probably should have started that's good, with that. That's good. That's good. I like that probably a lot. should have started with that. Okay, yeah, yeah. So Manic, M-A-N-N-I-C, Distortion. Uh, with such hits. With as- such hits as Hand in Hand, Against the Grain, Blue Liquid Eyes, and my personal favorite. Yeah, mine too. Broke dick dog. <laughs> okay. That's good. That's good. But I've just. Uh, the Good seen... Time Boys present Broke Dick Dog. Broke yeah, dick I dog. Uh, I, I, I back the Good Time Boys present conformity brackets. No, no. not me. <laughs> Close bracket. No, nice. I like that one. Yep. yep. Guy Man Dude is not going to conform. Let me tell you that much. Yep. He is not one to conform. Um, so he studied. Uh, so that was. Those are his just just some of his uh, just some, some of, his, of hits. his classic hits. Classic hits. Um, in the nineties, he studied gla- uh, glass, jazz, and classical piano with a bloke called Terry Trotter. Um, and after his time in the metal scene, he went on to score cartoons, movie shorts, and one film. Cool. Um, and the, what I, was I, that film? I don't know. It doesn't oh, have no. anything oh, here. No. Um, so kind of been good. Um, and guy has a son who lives in the Czech Republic, and. Uh, Boy, boy, man, dude. You would think that. <laughs> yeah, right? His, like, name, like, his, surely, his surely. name is actually Wyatt. Ah, oh, okay. How <laughs> fucking underwhelming. Yeah, right? Come on. <laughs> um, so Guy Man Dude, as well as being in his own band, uh, was also part of the heavy metal supergroup The Dudes of Wrath. 
along with Paul Stanley of Kiss, songwriter Desmond Child on co-lead vocals, and Tommy Lee of Motley Crue, Whoa. Um, who nice. were recorded, uh, who were spe- who were specially assembled to record a song called Shocker for the movie of the same name. So I'm guessing that was the film that he did. Uh, Probably um, Shocker. Shocker. But like, what a fucking what a what a group. I the have dudes of wrath. Yeah, with Paul Stanley and Tommy Lee. Yeah. I don't know who Desmond Child is, but like. The guy from Kiss, the guy from Motley Crue, yeah, and Guy Man Dude. And Guy Man Dude. And Desmond rough. Child. Uh, I have... Sorry, can I just really quickly oh, please. jump in there? Desmond Child. He wrote Kisses, I Was Made For Loving You. Oh, sweet. Joan Jett and the Black Hearts, I Hate Myself For Loving You. Right. Bon so Jovi's You Give Love A Bad Name, Living On A Prayer, Bad In Medicine and Born To Be Baby. He wrote Alice Cooper's Poison. Ricky Martin's Livin' La Vida Loca. So this dude's written fucking every, so he's every written song every I've ever liked. Yeah. Yeah. Every song I ever enjoyed, this dude wrote. Fucking hell. Oof. Desmond nice. Child. Thank he you, wrote Child. Aerosmith's Dude Looks Like a Lady. Oh. Uh, all right, that's it. Podcast over. Desmond Thanks, Child. everyone, for listening. Yeah. Um, I I have two theories about Guy Man Dude. Yeah, from go. Inside Break it down. Because there's not a whole lot of background about like his family or anything. No. Here's what I'm thinking. Guy Man Dude is uh. either... An alien, yep, or a woman who is was convinced that she couldn't make it in the heavy metal scene, so she was like, "Oh, hey guys, I'm Guy Man, Man dude, dude, I'm a I'm a guy, that's me." And then like just like yep. rolled with it throughout <laughs> yeah. her entire career. Surely, I would just say so. What like, is, what what is a man name? Uh, yeah, uh, guy, guy Man dude, Guy Man, that, that's dude. my name, Guy Man dude. Because there's no parents. So fed up with not no being ba- able to succeed in the metal, right. in the heavy yeah. metal industry. She was like, you know what? I'm just going to go so ridiculous <laughs> she, and be so obvious. Yeah. But no one's picked up on it. She, she's on the bandit. On, on that topic, there's actually a bunch of uh, of ladies in the metal industry. That's and true, they actually. Fucking yeah. kill it. Like, yeah. They, yeah. they go so hard. Um, one of my personal favorites is Angela Gosso from, uh, from Arch Enemy. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and they are balls to the wall, like, Proper like death metal, love nice. it. And, oh, yeah, and she a, she is uh, yes. I'm a you're a big heavy metal nut. Yes. Yeah, you, you love metal. You like that? Yeah. Metal. I don't don't mind me some metal. Yeah, very she good. sings um, or she play guitar. She sings. Yeah, and it's Ooh. like she goes ham. Oh, dude, I'll show Fuck you yeah. after this. I'd put yeah, it on please. now, but it would just like it wouldn't come up well. Okay, we'll put it yeah. in the show notes. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. We'll chuck him in. There's something very cool about just like screeching, like belting women's vocals on, on yeah. like heavy metal songs. Oh, it's, it's not. It's not even like it's not even sung vocals. Like she oh, flat really? out like it's all scream vocals. Amazing. Love it. And she, it's not high either. Yeah. It's like quite low and quite guttural. Oh, it's fr- it's 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 a sight to behold. Love <laughs> it. Rock and roll. Amazing. So that was Guy Man Dude. Guy Man Dude. Got love Guy Man Dude. Fantastic. Uh, who wants to go next? I'll, I'll, I'll do. I'll Please. take it. Throw your hat um, into that ring. I'm gonna take us on a journey. Oh boy. Um. Now look. Let's start off with the Coral Sea Islands, right? Okay. Yep. Sure. So the Coral Sea Islands are an external territory of Australia, and they comprise a small group of islands, mostly uninhabited uh, tropical islands and reefs in the Coral Sea, which is in the northeast of Queensland, Australia. So part of the Great Barrier Reef mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yep. Um, there's a couple of islands out there. Um, but look, lovely place. Great. Lovely place. Uh-huh. Uh, but there is something... I've talked about micronations on the podcast before, yeah? Oh, yeah, no. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now, guys, let's talk about the gay and lesbian kingdom of the Coral Sea Islands. Oh, <laughs> Holy shit. Let's. Hello. Yeah. Because it's incredible. The gay and lesbian kingdom of the Coral Sea Islands uh, was a micronation established as a symbolic protest uh, against, 
by a group of gay rights activists based in Australia, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Declared in 2004 in response to the Australian government's refusal to recognise same-sex marriage, it was founded on Australia's external overseas territory of the, of the Coral Sea Islands, a group of uninhabited uh, islets east of the Great Barrier Reef. Right. The kingdom was dissolved on September uh, 17th of December 2017 following the decision... Uh, by the Australian people to legalize gay marriage. So after the plebiscite, after it was all legalized, they were like, good. Our We've job done it, boys. Done. Yeah. Micronation's over. <laughs> um, uh, which was kind of good because they've done a couple things, like declare war on Australia. Oh, shit. Yeah. yeah. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I'll get to that in a second. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, look, let's talk about, let's break it down. The flag, okay. the gay pride flag. Sure. So the rainbow flag. Yep. Um, Back it. Anthem. Yeah, I am what I am. Yep. Oh, cool. beautiful. Great. Uh, nice. Nice. The uh, the um, official language English. Uh, the capital is heaven in Cato Island. <laughs> the purported currency is the euro. Okay. Uh, yep. All right. Why not? Yeah. And sure. apparently, its organizational structure is a constitutional monarchy headed by Emperor Dale Parker Anderson. Ooh. Yep. Nice. Um, this guy seems a lot nicer than the uh, emperor you did from last week, James. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, look, all right, so let's, let's go back right to the start of the history of the Coral Sea Islands. Please. So, um, so they were first charted uh, by Western explorers in 1803. Uh, in the 1870s and 1880s, the islands were mined for guano, but the absence of uh, a reliable supply of fish water prevented long-term habitation. Mm. Um, so, yeah, there haven't really, there hasn't been really ever been like a steady kind of population yeah. uh, on there, which was why no one really cared when these people, would, <laughs> when these guys were just like, we live in now. It's ours now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, the Coral Sea Islands became an Australian external to in, uh, territory in 1969 uh, and extended to 1997 to include the Elizabeth Reef and the Middleton Reef, uh, nearly 800 kilometres further south, already in the Tasman Sea. Gosh. So it just kept growing and yeah. growing. So the two later reefs are much closer to Lord Howe Island, which I've been to. Delightful. Really nice place. Yeah, mm. all right. um, okay, mate. I'm just telling you, it's a nice place. <laughs> Jeez. Then to uh, the southernmost island of the rest of the territory, Cato Island, which is where the capital is. So the rise of the kingdom, right? Yeah. So the initiative of the founding of a gay kingdom was taken during the Brisbane Gay and Lesbian Pride Festival in 2003. They, uh, so these uh, gay activists believed that uh, change in the marriage law, in particular the government's plan to amend the Marriage Act so as to prevent homosexual couples who were married overseas to have their relationship recognised, had taken from... Uh, homosexual people the right to be treated equally, whether it be marriage, superannuation, hospital visits, adoption, or IVF treatments, right? Yeah. Because this was back when um, John Howard was prime minister and because his government was the government that like amended the constitution to be like man, uh, marriage is between a man and man. a woman specifically. Yeah. Before that, there was nothing in there. Like yeah. gay marriage wasn't legal, but like it wasn't, it wasn't part of our- Specifically. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah. Um, so so they, that, they John changed Howard. it even further so that if- you had if you were ov- if you're overseas, yeah. your marriage was not recognised in Australia. Damn, yeah, um, which is there's a whole big pile of bullshit. Yeah, yeah, that's another um, podcast as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so based on the law of unjust enrichment, if something is unjustly taken, compensation must be made. And with reference to international law, which states oppressed people of overseas territories have a right have a right to self govern and self determination, mm. the activists claimed territorial compensation by establishing an independent gay state claiming the Coral Sea Islands as its territory. Nice. The anthem became the glory again, a version of I Am What I Am, produced by Joel Diamond on Silver Blue Records. Very good. Yeah. (laughs) 
That's um, um that's from the that's from the Kaj the Kaj of Fall, right? That musical? Um Yeah. Is it yes, okay, so, yeah, yes, I believe cool. so. Nice. Um very fitting. Very fitting. Well it it became a gay anthem, especially in the nineties, I believe. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um so on fourteenth of June two thousand and four, after sailing on a ship named the Gay Flower. A reference to the, a reference to the Mayflower, That's which good. was the, the ship that brought um, love it uh, uh, Western people to America. Yeah, uh, the activists raised the gay rainbow pride flag on Cato Island and declared the Coral Sea Island an independent gay and lesbian state. A memorial plaque on the northeastern tip of Cato Island commemorates the historic event and reads. On the 14th day of June, 2004, at this highest point in the Coral Sea, Emperor Dale Parker Anderson raised the gay rainbow flag and claimed the islands of the Coral Sea in his name as homeland for the gay and lesbian peoples of the world. God save our king. Nice. Nice. Um, Coinciding with the decision to secede from Australian sovereignty, the kingdom's founders drafted a declaration of independence. The declaration began... Homosexual people have honestly endeavoured everywhere to merge ourselves in the social life of surrounding communities and to be treated equally. We are not permitted to do so. In vain, we are loyal patriots, our loyalty in some places running to extremes. In vain, do we make the same sacrifice of life, property as our fellow citizens. In vain, do we strive to increase the fame of our native land in science and art on her wealth by trade and commerce. In countries where we have lived for centuries, we are still cried down as strangers. In the world as it is now for an independent, indefinite period, I think we shall not be left in peace. Which is like, great. Yeah. That's yeah. like a, that's, that's, that's a good that's declaration. Good prose. Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Um, <clears throat> stated to have been inspired by its Australian, uh, American counterpart, the Kingdom's Declaration of Independence also stated, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all people are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. We yeah. fall for these ideals, we shouldn't settle for less. <laughs> uh, could not. <laughs> could not. Could not. Really the activists not founded a campsite on Cato Island, which they named Heaven, after the famous gay nightclub in London. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, yeah. um, uh, the leader of the protest, Dale Parker Anderson, was elected administrator of the territory and then declared emperor of the kingdom upon his independence, becoming Dale R. Dale R. Dale R. Radio. Mm. Dale Regina, like Dale... I don't know. Who knows? Uh, in a scheme similar to Israel's law of return, a person who was automatically granted permanent resident status and immediately eligible for citizenship in the gay and lesbian kingdom of the Coral Sea Islands simply by being a gay or lesbian person. Ah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the kingdom issued its first stamps in July 2006 with cool. the aim of creating a high and distinctive reputation among the philatelic, philatelic fraternity. The kingdom's website stated that tourism, fishing, and philatelic Sales were its only economic activities. However, swimming, reef walking, lagoon snorkeling, bird watching, seashell collecting, and shipwreck exploring were all gay government sanctioned non economic activities. <laughs> Beautiful. Good. I love this place. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, did people, so people lived here from 2004 to 2017. Yeah. Like their yeah. whole life. I'm, I'm not sure, but I, um, we get to disillusion a bit down the bottom, but uh, I believe people still live there. Yeah. But like the, Kingdom is dissolved. Right. right. Um, yeah. Look, all right. So we're going to get into international relations here, and this is where um, the wankers start to come out. Oh, right? well, uh, here, we, here people, we go. People have stuff to say, as ever, right? People are shit. Sure. Yeah. Mainly politicians. Um, other than the protest to inhabitants, the islands of Coral Sea Territory were uninhabited and the kingdom's independence was not recognised by Australia or any world government, mm. as tends to be when 
a micronation declares itself. Sure. The Coral Sea Islands continued to be recognised as an external overseas territory of Australia by the United Nations. On the 13th of September 2004, the gay kingdom declared war on Australia. Here we go. Uh, And that's that's got a link to a website there. Hang on, let's go. Let's have a look at this. This is so cool. <laughs> I love big silly protests. Like, well, not silly, but like big, over the top, like big, yeah, word like action protests that are like nonviolent, but like still like say so much. Yeah, it's really yeah. cool. Totally. Um, that link that just took me uh, was no longer active. So yeah. beautiful. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, in May 2010, Dale Anderson was invited, but to but did not attend a conference in Sydney for the leaders of all micronations in the world. Oh, wow. In order to determine ways to obtain recognition as sovereign countries, yeah. The gay government announced that an, that the emperor would not be attending the conference on the grounds that the gay and lesbian kingdom of the Coral Sea Island, being a former overseas external territory of Australia, was not a micronation. Oh, I see. All right, now here we go. Here's where the wankers come out. All right. On 28th of February 2017, Liberal Senator Eric Abbotts objected to the rainbow flag being displayed in the Department of Finance on the grounds that the government departments shouldn't take a neutral stand on political debates. He concluded his comments with an incidental observation by identifying, this particular flag is the flag of gay and lesbian kingdom of the Coral Sea Islands, which has declared war on Australia. Senator Corman, you would understand that they did the same as Prince Leonard of the Principality of the Hutt River, referenced in an earlier episode. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that is now their official flag. It is the flag of a hostile nation, if we are to believe them having declared war on Australia. So he wanted to take the flag down, not because he didn't like the gays, but because a nation had declared war on Australia. Yeah. A nation of, what, 30 people? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Corman agreed, affirming that we will make sure that there are no flags of hostile nations anywhere in a, any government building. Oh, dang. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, but look, hey, we ended up winning because yeah. we all bloody v- voted yes on this podcast. Yep. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Guys, <laughs> I voted no. Oh, oh no. shit. Oh, no. Curtis, what oh, have you done? I'm sorry. I, I, sometimes I get confused about like they, they were what confused. the question they were was worded. It was, it was yeah. like I just like to clarify that I did vote yes. <laughs> we all voted yes. Yeah. Um, in late 2016, the official website of the Gay and Lesbian Kingdom of the Coral Seas Islands added a link to point viewers to the website of the Equality Campaign, uh, the organisation uh, which is calling on Australian voters to participate uh, in the Marriage Law Postal Survey, of which a yes vote would likely prompt Speaking the Parliament of, of Australia. Hmm to enact same-sex marriage. Following the decision made by us, the Australian people, to legalise same-sex marriage, self-proclaimed Emperor Dale declared the kingdom dissolved on the 17th of November, 2017. Wow. And there you go. There you go. That is the history of the gay and lesbian kingdom of the Coral Sea. Yeah. God nice. damn. What a story. What I love a story it. indeed. That's one. I thought the Principality of the Heart River was my favourite micronation, but um, it's this yeah. one. These guys, yeah. Yeah. Very good. Well, yeah, what was the population? Do we know? Like um, how many? Yeah, I have no idea. Um, also, how did they survive? Yeah, right. Like, what did they eat? I don't think it's that far away from the Australian mainland. Uh, I've just looked it up on I looked it up on Google Maps, and I can't actually see it. All right. Okay. <laughs> All right. Islands. Let's vamp while we look at this. <laughs> vamp? How vamp? do we vamp? Vampire? Is it like vaping or Va- vaping? <laughs> Part of Vamp Nation. Vamp Nation. Here we go. Um, Cato Reef. Cato um, Reef. Satellite. There it is. That's, yeah. It's pretty small. It is very small. How far away from the Australian mainland is it? Pretty uh, far. From about that far. Yeah. If, about uh, 250 kilometers. Ah, that's all right. You can swim that. I see. You can swim that easily. Easy. Yeah, so, um, yeah, yeah. no, they probably just get like a shipment drops. In. Yeah, supply yeah. drops yeah, kind of thing. Like... As do most kind of island yeah. um, areas. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. Noise. All right. James, what do you got for us? Yeah, I'm going to talk to you about a person. 
whose name is... Diamond Dude? Huh? Diamond Dude? Diamond Dude, yeah. Right. I don't know if you guys have heard of this guy. No, uh, Albert Pierpont, uh, Pierre Point. Albert, Albert Pierre Point. Pierre Point. Okay. So he was uh, born in 1905, died in 1992. He was a long-serving, a very long-serving hangman in England. Right. <laughs> he executed uh, purported 608 people. Wow. Um, Jesus. Yes, in his tenure. Because the last execution in England, I think, was in 1962. Yeah. Yeah, so he, he would yeah, still have right. been, still been, still going. been kicking around. Uh, so basically, yeah, he killed a lot of people. Yeah. Um, well, state-mandated killing. State-mandated. Killed exactly. nonetheless. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he was the child of Henry and Mary Pierpont. He was influenced by the side occupation of his father and uncle, which was an executioner. As an 11-year-old, he wrote in response uh, to a school when I grow up writing exercise, mm. he wrote, when I leave school, I should like to be the official executioner. Jesus which, Christ. Uh, was, All your was, dreams, I guess. Yeah, yeah, right. How does that not set off alarm bells at the school? Yeah, 11-year-old <laughs> boy just wanting to execute people. Um, Wait, what year was he in school? Like how? This was, he would have been eleven, so in nineteen sixteen. Jesus. Yeah, uh, he was often dubbed the official executioner, despite there being no such job or title uh, in England. Executions were the responsibility of the local sheriff. However, instead of officiating themselves, sheriff used, sheriffs used to delegate the job to a person of suitable character who was employed and paid only when required. Uh, basically, he wanted to follow in the footsteps of his father and his uncle. Mm. And um, he, at the age of 12, he started working. He was just uh, at uh, Mills, uh, at Marlborough Mills, uh, earning, you know, six shillings a week. Yep. Uh, did that for a while. And then after his father's death, he took in his papers and diaries, studied them just like constantly about yeah. all these like studies on like his job. Um, he changed career again. He worked for a grocer. And then eventually, in 1931, he wrote to the prison commissioners uh, offering his service as an assistant executioner to his uncle, should he or any other executioner retired. So he got no word, well, he got word back that there were no vacancies. Uh, mm. And then five, uh, in late th- 1931, Lionel Mann, he was an executioner, resigned. He was in, um, had five years experience, resigned. Uh, buddy Albert stepped in. Yep. He, his first execution... Um, went not too well. Um, basically, on nine on the tenth of December, nineteen forty one, Pierpont executed German spy Karel Richter at Wandsworth Prison. Writing about the execution in his memoirs, in which he changed Richter's name to Otto Schmidt, Pierpont called it a terrible mess. I'm not quite sure if it was his, this was his first, but this was like one of his notable ones. Yeah. Um, when Pierpont entered the condemned man's cell that morning, he saw that something was wrong. Richter should have been sitting at the table with his back to the door. Pierpont could then easily approach the man as he stood up and pinion his wrists behind him. Instead, Richter was seated at a table facing the door. As Pierpont entered, Richter glowered and clenched his fists. He stood up, threw aside one of the guards, and charged head first at the stone wall. Stunned momentarily, Richter rose and shook his head. Two guards threw themselves on him, joined by two more from the corridor. After a struggle, Pierpont managed to get the leather strap around Richter's wrists. Yeah. As the guards pulled Richter to his feet, Pierpoint was called back, but Richter had burst from this leather strap uh, and was free again. Struggled again, uh, wrapped the strap around him again, was brought to the scaffolding, got him, you know, in the noose. Just as Pierpoint pulled the lever, 
he Richter jumped up and like off of his feet, plummeted through the trap door. Uh, the noose slipped and became stuck under Richter's nose. Um, but the Ooh. yeah, right. It didn't kill him. It did. So it did. the prison medical officer determined, however, it was an instantaneous clean death. So he managed to like not screw up his one job of killing people, but basically by a technicality because yeah. he just managed to uh, kill him. He eventually got really, really good at his job of killing people. Um, Jeez. Yes. Well, he had enough practice. By the yeah. Time things. Um, and <clears throat> he, the number of people uh, isn't confirmed. Uh, there is no official count of the number of people he executed, which some have estimated as more than 600. The most commonly accepted figure is 435. However, his execution diary, now held in the National Justice Collection in Nottingham, gives a total uh, of... 530 men, 20 women, and 173 reprieved. This would give a total of 550 actually hanged, um, although he adds there were a couple pages missing, so there might have been more. Right. Um, he killed some notable people, uh, including the Blackout Ripper, the Wigwam Murderer, um, Lord Hawhaw, who was a convicted traitor, um, among others. Uh, there was one guy who, like, stepped up, and knew about Pierre Point, like he was so renowned as a as an executioner. Yeah, uh, John Amory, son of wartime Secretary of State for Indiana Leopold Amory, and the first person to plead guilty to treason in an English court since Somerset Fox in 1654, described by Pierre Point as the bravest man I ever hanged. According to the official prison record of the execution, later released and now stored in the National Archives, Amory greeted his executioner with the words, "Oh, Pierre Point." And uh, huh. but the executioner took the prophet hand only to put the pining strap on. So he like reached out his hand to greet him. Uh, Pierre Point grabbed the hand and put the strap on him. Yeah, um, making no reply. But apparently that's disputed. Uh, Pierre Point later said that the two men spoke at length and felt that he had known Amory all his life. Um, Jeez. And there's a story that Amory greeted Pierre Point with, "Mr. Pierre Point, I've always wanted to meet you, though not, of course, under these circumstances." <laughs> Um, and then he got hanged. There was one, there were a couple that like were later proven, uh, incorrect, like that, like they weren't supposed to be hanged Mm. and led to, um, the wrongful execution, uh, that is mentioned is acknowledged as a major miscarriage of justice and was a contributing factor for the suspension of the death penalty in Britain in 1965 and its eventual abolition. So like, yeah, he was, he, some of his, executions were responsible mm. for the abolition of um of it at all. What's interesting is after he retired, he wrote like journals and autobiographies all about how he is actually an opponent of capital punishment. Like he he does not he disagrees with the idea that people yeah. should be killed. Um the reason for this seems to be the combination of the experiences of his father, his uncle and himself whereupon reprieves were granted in accordance with the political uh, expediency or public fancy and had little to do with the merits of the case in question. He yeah. also hanged a slight acquaintance, uh, James Corbett, on no- uh, November 1950. Corbett was a regular in his pub and had sung Danny Boy as a duet with Pierre Point on the night he murdered his girlfriend in a fit of jealousy because she would not give up a second boyfriend. So, like, yeah, he's just like... Whoa. He had to bloody Hardcore. kill his friend... Um, with whom he, you know, sung with. Uh, this incident in particular made Pierre Point feel that hanging was no deterrent. 
particularly yeah. when most of the people he was executing had killed in the heat of the moment rather than with premeditation or in furtherance of a robbery. Um, yeah, he basically kept his opinions to himself until 1974 when he wrote his autobiography. Yeah. And he was like, it is said to be a deterrent. I cannot agree. There have been murders since the beginning of time and we shall go on looking for deterrence until the end of time. If death were a deterrent, I might be expected to know. It is I who have faced them last, young men and girls, working men and grandmothers. I have been amazed to see the courage with which, they ta- which, with, with which they take that walk into the unknown. It did not deter them then, and it had not deterred them when they committed what they were convicted for. Right. All the men and women whom I have faced at that final moment convince me that in what I have done, I have not prevented a single murder. Mm. That's heavy. Well, yeah, that is hectic. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he was, he was in Britain. Yes, so he, yeah, he was he was uh, a hangman in England, yeah. Yeah, right. Because, yeah, I was just looking up, capital punishment was abolished for murder in 1965 in yeah. Great Britain and in 1973 in Northern Ireland. Yes, yeah. So, and he actually executed the last woman to ever be executed in Britain really? um, in 1955, yeah. Right. Pierpoint had no regrets about her execution. It was one of the few times he spoke publicly about one of his charges and he made it clear she he felt she deserved no less. That's Ooh, weird. Jeez, what'd Rough. she do? Yeah. Uh, she murdered her lover. Um, yeah. yeah. Woof. He didn't like he didn't like old mate? Knew he sang a pub with song with? Oh no, that's what like that's what he was yeah, he was like Feels a bit sexy. Old mate was alright. Yeah, bit maybe, maybe a little bit I mean it was It was the sixties. It was the sixties and the sixties. It was a so. long time ago. Um yeah, and that's Henry oh sorry, that's Albert Pierpoint. Wow. Yeah. That's Heckers. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's mental. She goes shows to go, yeah. Am I right? Shows to go, yeah. Well boys, what a way to end our articles for the, for the week. Yeah. But uh, we do have to vote on a winner. We so do. Should we recap what we've done? Riles, what did you do again? <laughs> Made that good an impression, did um, it? I did yeah. Guy Man Dude. Shit, no. you did Guy, Guy Man, Man Dude. Dude. How could you forget? I did um, Love that, the gay and lesbian kingdom of the coral sea. Uh-huh. And, and I did Albert Pierpoint. Exactly. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, James, you went last. How about you? Yes. I, ooh, I quite like the, um, the gay and lesbian uh, place. Kingdom. kingdom. Gay and lesbian kingdom of the coral sea. Beautiful. Yes. Curtis. Um, ooh, here we go. Tough one. See, I, I really liked... I really liked Alfred Pierpoint. Alfred? Uh, Albert. Albert. <laughs> Can't remember his name. Apparently. Yeah. Did you listen to any of us? <laughs> <laughs> Tuned out. No, but I found Guy Mandu. Guy Mandu is such a meme. Yeah, no, okay. I'm going to go with Guy Mandu. Sorry, James. That's all right. Oh, you're off? Uh, I quite liked the Micronation. Gay and Lesbian Kingdom. Nice. Coral Sea wins it. We have Corum. Give it. Lovely. All righty. Well, there you go. Episode 29, Gay and Lesbian Kingdom of the Coral Seas. In the bag. Yes. Uh, thank you so much. That's awesome. That'll that'll do it for yeah. another episode of Unfeatured Articles. But you know what's happening next week? Oh, James. what's happening next week? I believe we've got a special guest Ooh. coming on. Ooh. Yeah, we do. Yes, we do. Is well, that so? I, I believe it might be, boys. I've got none other than freshly back from Ireland. Mm. Uh, no, none other than Drew Buchanan himself. Woof! I know. All the way in. People, from in, people in their cars are celebrating and honking their horns as yeah, they yeah. hear these news. Can you hear them, ladies and gentlemen? If you're one of the few people who don't know who Drew is, yeah, mm. um, Drew is the co-founder of the Good Time Boys and um, the only person we could get. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the only other person willing to put up. With don't that. tell him that. Don't tell him yeah, that. Yeah, but no, yeah. he'll be coming on next week, uh, episode thirty, um, and then after that. Two more episodes, 
And then we're going to have brackets. Out. It's I'm bracket time. So yeah, if um, time. March Madness. Yeah, March Madness. We've got to start doing that. Like probably, we've got to figure out how to do that. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. But um, you can listen to any of the previous episodes. Make sure you catch up before that episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and all the ones coming out in the future on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or any other podcatcher of your choice. Uh, we've got some social media, don't we, boys? That we do. We're on oh, Facebook. Yeah. Uh, Facebook.com slash Unfeatured Articles. Uh, we're on Instagram. Yes, we are at uh, at Unfeatured Articles. And we're on Twitter at Unfeatured Pod. Fantastic. And um, we've got, uh, if you like uh, hearing your, your boys speak a bit, we've got um, a show coming up. Sketch comedy show. We um, do. Our, our, again, the Good Time Boys. Uh, we, um, we recently won Strand 7 at the Gold Coast uh, Short and Sweet. Yes, we did. Festival. And uh, so because we won that, we get to perform... Our sketch, The Duke of Zest, written by our dear friend Alex Smith mm-hmm. um, at the Brisbane Powerhouse on the 1st of September. 1st of September. Hey, before my birthday, boys. Oh, yeah. Uh, that yeah. it is. You're um, always performing close to your birthday. I, so <laughs> we do tend to do it a lot. It. Um, but yeah, so if uh, you, you want to come and see some um, great, varied 10-minute theatre pieces, yeah. make sure you come on down to the Powerhouse on the 1st of September. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll be there. Yeah, We'll be having some drinks. We sure Not will. before. Maybe before. Maybe before. Maybe before. Don't listen to this. But uh, yeah, and yeah. that's about it. That's about it. Yeah, I believe so. I mean, you can find us all, you know, on iTunes and Stitcher and all that kind of stuff. As you I said. did that, as you said. <laughs> Fine. This all week right. you've been got, <laughs> you silly boy. Um, and our theme song is Purgatorian Friends" by Kevin McLeod. And thank you so much for listening. And as always, browse responsibly. Bork, hello. Bork, bork, hi. You know what you need to be doing? You need to be listening to the Floof and Papa podcast. I'm Mel. I'm Taylor. And we're going to talk about all things dogs. Dog stories, dog breeds, dog tips and tricks, dog puns, dog jokes. Dog everything. Out if you're not listening. Uh, hit us up at the Floof and Papa podcast wherever you get your podcast. Tune in. Uh, that's not kind of productions podcast. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.